beards, cats, and indie game audio. Are you talking over? <clears throat> cough, don't cough. I can't not cough. You should not cough. <laughs> okay, let's just put jump this on. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'm Matthew Martinson. I'm Gordon McGlattery. And this is Beards, Cats, and Indie Game Audio. Welcome to it. Back at it. We're back. We We're had back. some life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You you had the biggest. Yeah. Had a baby. You had it. You had the baby. Yeah. Yay. We did it. So that's been a, that's been a thing. <laughs> I've, I have not been checked out entirely though. It's been okay. I thought yep. I was gonna I thought I was gonna fall off the face of the earth, and I've managed to, you know. Keep in touch with people. That's good. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And here we are doing a podcast yeah. only like six or so weeks later. Yeah, we're good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely a lot going on. I Yeah, I imagine. It's I a, mean, you've already, even without the baby, you've got a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Life changes all over the place. Yeah. Um, I quit Facebook. Yeah. There are bigger ones than that, probably. But. Oh, I, I, you quit Facebook. And I was like, "Oh crap! I really need to make sure I have Gord's phone number somewhere." So I, I did it really fast you. too. Yeah, I was, well, it good. was it was kind of on a whim because I, I was like, if I have to go through a list of every person I talk to that maybe I want the contact information for, I'm not gonna leave, and I'm just <laughs> wasting so much time on this site that I hate every moment I spend on. You know? Yeah. Because I don't know what your feed is like, but my feed is just. People posting JPEGs, just political JPEGs, and they might be things I agree with, but they're He's, just they're just not productive I, I because found, all it is is like here's a viewpoint. Mm -hmm. I don't want to discuss it though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I found even on on, on Twitter, I was following uh, some people who I totally agree with, mm -hmm. like they're they're my end of the spectrum and everything. Yeah. And it was just, it just became too much. Even it's though like, it's like, like stuff I agreed with, it's just too much having it constantly pushed at me. So I had to like prune out some people that like, yeah, I, I agree with them. And it is, but, but man, yeah, I did just too. got it like. This choir has been preached to. Yeah. And uh, this choir believes you, but the choir has heard the song. <laughs> yes. The choir knows the song by heart now. I don't, you don't need to hear it anymore. The choir wants sing, to move can, on to other songs. And sing it back to you. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, just got rid of it, and uh, that was a week ago, and I'm not dead. No, you're still here. But it's pretty wild when you think about it. I, I've got this concept of like dig digital baggage. Yeah. And uh, when you've been on a site like Facebook for how long? Over 10 years for mm -hmm. me. 12 years? Yeah. On one website? It's nuts. Yeah. And it changed a lot for the yeah. worse. I remember when it first started... And I was like, they want me to use my real name yeah. on the internet? <laughs> Are you insane? Yeah. Nobody does that. Yeah. Nobody puts their real name anywhere on the internet, literally anywhere on the internet. Nobody used their real name and their like, email addresses. Uh -huh. you know? and, then, and now I was thinking about it today. I think that's actually one of the main problems is that they've forced people to use their real names. They've created this authenticity that doesn't really exist because half the accounts are fake anyways. We just did a Smarter Every Day episode on it, and yeah. they, they block a million fake accounts a day. Wow. That's crazy. So how many are But then you've through? got Reddit, and the problem with Reddit is the... Is the anonymity. Yeah. Except, so people still believe what strangers are saying on Reddit and on Twitter. Yeah. But everybody on Reddit and Twitter knows that that person could be a bot or yep. just a you know a rando yeah. who doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. Whereas Facebook has this veil of 
accountability on it because we think these are real people because right. we, we did the, the right thing that Facebook told us to do and like used our real name and used right. real information. But where there's millions and millions of accounts that are not doing that. Right. And have uh, I see what ulterior saying. motives. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's like supercharged inauthenticity. Right. Yeah, yeah. But that wasn't the main reason I quit. I just was wasting too much time, and I <laughs> and I was bored. <laughs> just just over it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely felt I've never. I haven't deleted any of my social media mm-hmm. accounts. I haven't checked out. I haven't. I haven't done the like. I'm going to not log in. Um, but I have found that if I sort of, I have stopped like obsessively checking for like a day or two and then mm-hmm. I, I I don't go back to the same levels I was at. Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely wasn't at terrible levels or anything. Yeah. It was just the fact that I was spending any time there at all. I yeah. was I was pretty much over. Yeah. Um and I think it's good to to evaluate how much you're getting out of something and Yeah. It was really on nothing. Do appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. And we were able so Matt and I chat over Messenger almost exclusively. Yeah. And uh <laughs> Was not that hard to get it figured we, out. <laughs> <laughs> we managed. We managed to survive so far. Yeah. Anyway, sound stuff. Um, sound stuff. We should talk about sound stuff. What are you? Yeah. What's working on right now? And uh, what's interesting? Uh, I'm working on Griftlands uh, these days. Mm-hmm. Um, Power Up Audio is also doing the sound for Griftlands. Yep. So right. I'm like the internal interface between them and the rest of the team because it was just design was changing so quick and so fast. Mm-hmm. That it's just like we needed somebody here in the studio who is, you know, taking accountability for audio and, right, you know, actually can get stuff done and figure stuff out. There's stuff that they, you know, they'd have questions, and because there's nobody here, it would take a really long time to like line up people and stuff. Whereas I can just go bug people, and so they can ask me questions. The team can ask me questions. Like I'm the go between everything. And there's times too that it's just like quicker. I see something that needs to be done, and I can make an event and put it in, and right. Make the content or just grab dummy content and then go, hey, here's a new event and like fill it in. It's hooked up and you can hear it in the game. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it allows them to iterate quicker on stuff. And I'm going in and, you know, like getting stuff hooked up and, and tagging things and stuff. Producer Matt. Yeah, there's there's parts of it I like and there's parts that I definitely do not like. <laughs> I definitely do not want to transition into being a producer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like producing sometimes because it's I, kind of a like helping people out role. I think yeah. that's what good producers are. Is, yeah. And I, I like helping people out. That part I like, the parts I don't like is when I feel stuck in between people. Okay. You know, when, when you start getting pulled in multiple directions, up, like around the same subject mm-hmm. and multiple people are pulling in di- different directions around that, like I, I hate being in the middle of right of those sorts of things. And I want to just like bounce. Yeah. Be like, well, you talk to each other, and it's like, yeah. But that's not that's my role <laughs> is to talk to all you few people. <laughs> I don't know. I I pull myself out because that happens to me all the time. Yeah. Um. And I I remove myself from those conversations pretty frequently. Yeah. If I feel like I'm just a middleman, mm-hmm. if all I'm doing is relaying information. Yeah. Without so, um, without I'm, filtering filtration or translation. Yeah. To another party, I'm just like, how about you two? So I'm I'm Tough. finding the balance of that mm-hmm. stuff and and still making time to actually still make sounds because that's you know I want to do that right. yeah 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 and also like getting more into to hooking stuff up I'm not coding mm-hmm. but I'm like okay give me the give me the scripts files I will do it like I kind of yeah. have to like grab it for oh we'll just do that for you like, no 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 just show me the file mm-hmm. 
and I'll do all of that. So I'm doing that kind of stuff, which is doing any kind of programming or script work is sometimes a really nice break because I can actually just listen to music while I, right. <laughs> while I work. Totally. Which is something you never get to do. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's good. And the game's trucking along. We're, as usual, clay fashion, rapidly changing <laughs> lots of stuff as we go. So yeah, But it's going to be a fun game. Sweet. How about you? Um, I am doing, I am mastering a vinyl, yet yeah. unannounced, so this week. Um, using a technique I invented. Uh, <laughs> see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I've, I took three vinyl rips and this might, uh, well, I've, d- I've done this before for a vinyl before. Yeah. Um, for, for the Wander Song EP is when I like devised this, but I don't think I actually used oh. it so much for the actual mastering. Yeah. Um, so I took the vinyl, I took, I, I found high quality vinyl rips online. Don't ask me how. Uh, and uh, basically just, I, I ran them through a bunch of EQs, split them into frequency bands, like, you know, low, mids, highs, super highs, or five, five bands, just whatever's on Ozone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, these people know what they're talking about. No, it's zero to 40, 40 to 100, 100 to 540, 540 to 2.7K, 2.7K to 10K, and then 10K and up. So it split in all those bands, and then I measured the LKFS um, short and long-term uh, loudness for each of those bands. Mm-hmm. And then I'm taking my songs, running them through the same system, and then trying and to trying it. to get those measurements yeah. within a box. So I, I ran, I did several albums, took and then got the averages. Yeah. So I basically have given myself a window to cool. land, land within because I'm, I'm not I'm not Alan Parsons. Uh, <laughs> so. It, it's sounding okay so far. There are a couple, like most of the songs, definitely are coming, coming, sounding, coming out sounding a lot better. And because they're matching vinyl uh, frequency response, yeah. I know it's not going to like throw the needle off. Yeah, that's the biggest thing I'd be scared of. Yes, yeah. doing anything on the mastering level for vinyl is yeah. just like making an unplayable record. Yeah, it's. I mean, it worked last time. Yeah. You just have to make sure it's shelved properly. So. Uh, going through that what's really interesting about it is where which frequencies are mono on these albums and which ones aren't hmm. so what i had read is to keep you know your really low stuff mono like your sub bass should be mono yeah and from my analysis that was just not the case at all hmm. crazy banging happening oh oh right some construction going on there's some construction going yeah. on some exciting construction so but that's just not the case yeah. the the sub bass on all these records is like very wide stereo, hmm. um, but it's barely audible a lot of the time too. And then it's the bass. Bass and low mids are very, very heavy mono. Hmm. So it's actually the 40 to 100, 100 to uh, 540 that are almost yeah. straight up the middle. Yeah. And then things start spreading out again after that. Hmm. So that that's been interesting. And I gotta admit, makes the makes the song sound like a lot clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Things are things are poking out a lot more. Cool. So it's yeah, it's been interesting. But man, it's taken a lot longer than my usual. <laughs> Usually, I'm like you know, I, I, today was a lot faster. But yesterday, I think I got two tracks done all afternoon. Yeah. And usually, I'd get like you know one done every half hour. Wow. So hopefully that means that it's a better job. But yeah. It could be one of the cases where I get to the end and I'm like, no, old way was better. <laughs> yeah, wasn't worth it. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. We've got a few other things happening. Um, we have a new Rack 7 game starting up that's ex- going to be exciting. Cool. Sneak, sneaky Sasquatch. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and very funny. Um, 
I've I've known about it for a long time, but we finally are signed up to work on it now. Yeah, <clears throat> it's going to be part of the Apple Apple Arcade. Mm. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, we have a game in it. Mm-hmm. That's all I know. I haven't paid any attention to it at all. Yeah, people have some pretty strong opinions. Yeah. Um, I like that it's going to devolve game development into, I don't know. I, I, I can't really remember what the negative opinions were, but some people are really upset about it. Because uh, there's always people upset yeah. about it. Yeah, anything, I haven't... Anything to do with game distribution, period. <laughs> um, so, but, I don't know. It's nice. They're funding games up front. Yeah. So, I I would be totally happy with the Netflix model for game development, where the whole production is paid for. and know people... It's lower risk for... Yeah. Developers. Yeah, I I know so little about it all to like I don't even want to comment because I'm just like I don't I don't know what like really the good and bad mm-hmm. parts of it are. There, there's obviously pl- pluses and negatives. Uh, there's the whole scri- subscription model thing. People don't like that in general. Yep. I didn't like it with when Avid started doing it. You know. People, yeah. People want but, to own their software. Right. But we all like you said we all subscribe to Netflix or yeah, whatever exactly. s- streaming service it may be. So mm-hmm. there's areas where, you know... Yeah, why should we as game as developers f- get special treatment? <laughs> or as long as people are getting paid, I don't care. Yeah. You know, as long as the developers, as long as people are able to make a living. Yeah. I think that's, that's maybe one of the, the points of, like, it hasn't... People don't know how that part is going to work yet. Right. And there's a question mark. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, I think there were... There's the whole... I don't know what the other model if there's I don't even know if we know things we're not supposed to be talking about we have to cut them (laughs) Um, Uh, I thankfully know nothing yeah so I know very little as well I actually haven't been told anything that I'm not supposed to know no Um, yeah neither have I uh, thank goodness (laughs) Uh, so yeah I think it's always wise to be skeptical yeah Wise to be cautious and wary when it comes to these huge companies, yeah. but uh, I'm looking forward to. Oh, I'm looking forward to working on the game. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we get to do the game. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's where I stand. Doing cool. that, we got what else are we allowed? Oh, Skybox Labs. So that is a recent announcement for us since our last podcast, as we're doing a game called Stella. Yep. For Skybox Labs, which is a larger studio here in town. Cool. Um, biggest studio we've worked with, but it's still a very small team within the studio that's making the game. I think it's their first original IP. Mm-hmm. They usually do, they've been doing like Halo games and stuff okay. for Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of a gun for hire yep. most of the time. But it's a puzzle platformer. Cool. Um, and it's really beautiful and get to do some cool music for it. And Sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, I've always wanted to do a game like this. Yeah. Um, like, cause you know, Inside is my favorite game, and we get so we get to do something within that genre. Awesome! It's gonna be a lot of fun. And uh, we're moving. I'm moving out of my studio into one that isn't a baby room. <laughs> yeah, having a real studio space—that's a big. Step. Yeah, it's still like it's not beautiful or anything. Yeah. It's you know, it's a room in a building, but, but even that building e- isn't my home. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's the biggest thing, regardless of even if it's exactly the same as your your home studio room. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's at a different location, like yeah, is a dramatic mental shift. Yes, and I'm hoping it'll help me compartmentalize yep. my work oh, a little yeah, more yeah. because there there will be no work for me to do at home anymore potentially. Right. Yeah. Once all I have your stuff space. will be at the studio. I mean, not all of it, but a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I have some extraneous things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need. Don't, don't we all? I don't need 
two acoustic guitars in the studio. Yeah. Don't need four electric guitars in the studio. <laughs> I only use one of them anyways. Um, but I am really excited for that. There's a company called Vaudeville Sound in town. There was this sort of city-driven... There was going to be this building that the yep. city was going to hopefully organize. Originally, I thought subsidized, but I think now it was just organized and everyone was still going to have to pay for everything. Yeah. Uh, building that they were going to try to get a bunch of screen-based art companies to all work in, and that just kept falling through. But I managed to... I randomly met another studio through that program mm -hmm. uh, called Vaudeville Sound, based out of the UK, their post-audio studio. They already have a big space in town yeah. um, that they're only using maybe a quarter of. Yeah. So I'm going to rent a room from them, and then hopefully after our lease ends up at the current office, we get mm -hmm. to rent more of their room. Yeah, get get everybody, yeah, get everybody over there. And they cool. actually have proper recording spaces. Nice. Because I recorded voiceover in the closet of our office on the weekend. Yeah. Not because I'm, like, advertising that. Yeah. But clients have asked, you know, can you record stuff? And I'm like, I mean, technically. <laughs> don't. I don't want to say recommend no. it. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't bring super professional actors here. It's a closet. Yeah. It's a closet in a high rise. Um, I really don't want to do that again. <laughs> and we've done it a couple times before after hours, and it's been fine. But this was during work hours on Monday, and it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the results are okay. They're, they're fine. Mm -hmm. like we still it's, we get surprisingly good recordings in that closet. Yeah, that's like learn your mics, kids. <laughs> learn how to use your mics. Yep, but it's still kind of embarrassing. Yeah, there's just there's there's a lot to be said for just using your gear. Yeah, you know, just use it a lot. Yeah, even if it's not great, use it a lot, and you'll figure out what how to make what you've got sound the best it can. Yeah, and it just goes back to that us harping on it all the times. The gear itself doesn't matter nearly as much as how well you know how to use it. Yeah. And I remember learning that, like, the first time I was ever in a recording studio as well. Yeah. For with my band and the engineers setting us all up and miking, like, us all in the same room. And we were like, huh? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't really, I thought to do a really good recording, you know, it had to be one player at a time. Yeah. Yeah. But Super separation. You're just like, no, let's do, just do it off the floor. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And then showing us the recordings, and they were all super isolated. Yeah. Just because the guy knew how to knew where to point his mics and which yeah. mics to point. I, I always feel that, because uh, my first recording job was in a, like, real deal, pretty mm -hmm. big studio. Like, amazing mic locker. Really this one was, no joke, called Sea of Shit. <laughs> and I've, I've always felt a bit like it was almost... It was awesome, but it was almost like a bit of a disservice because I, I started with the very best. Right. And it was the kind of gear that, like, well, you just shove it somewhere near it and it's going to sound awesome. Right. Instead of that, well, I, I really have to learn how to work, you know, yeah. this crappy Squeeze mic. Squeeze blood out of the stone. Yeah. So I, I was kind of just like, well, it's all going to sound great because it's awesome mics and it's an API board and it's just a done. It's great. Yeah. I, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> Um, and and starting out with the crappier stuff is kind of like better in that regard. You know, I, I also worked in some small like total basement studios too mm -hmm. that had stuff, but it was just like those first recordings that I got to do were just instantly awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have to work at it. Yeah, and I think that that working at it serves you a lot better in law. It's like when I first started doing games, I I did a lot of PSP work. Right. 
you know, I've got the like super limited platform. It's like working on mobile these days, mm -hmm. right? Like you start on that super limited platform and you really get how to work all the limitations and I feel like makes you a better long-term sound designer for games. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Agreed. So work your closets. Yeah. Use your closets. <laughs> like I can get, yeah, I can use my C414 for anything. Yeah. In almost any environment. Well, we've taken it to the... <laughs> Took it, to, took the it park. to the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I have bought some plugins, uh -oh. which is not like me. No, but they were really good deals, Matt. Of course, they <laughs> I finally got the I finally got the Sound Toys bundle. Oh, so good. Yeah, and um, that'll uh, be good for a question we have. Actually, later. that may have been the only one. <laughs> I I, some other junk too. I I can't count how many plugins I've bought since we, our last podcast. Okay. Some. Yeah, I bought a few libraries, but that's just for work. Yeah. It's just because I didn't have those sounds. Yeah. Um, but I haven't got to use them that much yet. Mm -hmm. uh, I shall, especially since I'm mastering a thing. Yeah. I feel like they're good plugins for mastering. Um, oh, I've been kind of, this is like not complex, but it's something that I've been doing that I'm enjoying for yep. a, a, an unannounced game right now that's kind of wants sort of an 80s vibe. I have been running some stuff out of my interface through some guitar pedals back yeah. into my interface. And it's great. It sounds so good. I um, I finally got my setup here at work mm -hmm. so that I can do that. I got a, ah, cool. a, a bigger interface and I got a reamp box mm -hmm. so that I just at my desk I can bring in guitar pedals and go through it. And one of the things I started doing was uh, with pedals that seem to make sense, I'm capturing IRs of them and okay. then putting them in our shared library oh, for cool. everybody at work. So, you know, not everybody's interested in, in doing that stuff or owning all these pedals and stuff, mm -hmm. but there's some good settings that I can just be like, here's, you know, five different settings out of this reverb pedal. Right. Here's the IRs. You can use them. Cool. Because a lot of it stemmed from I was working on something. I wanted this lo-fi mono reverb sound that I knew I could get out of a guitar pedal. Mm -hmm. Like I had the pedal at home that would give me the sound I wanted. And I couldn't actually make any of my reverb plugins do that. That. That mm -hmm. thing that I wanted. Right. So I was like, man, if I had the IR of it, I'd be done. That'd be it exactly. Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, so I started making, I'm slowly going through all my pedals mm -hmm. and making IRs, you know, just like five or six, like yeah. not covering everything. Because no. I also think if you do too much. And like, you run into burden of, burden of choice yeah. issues. Yeah. And it's it's even just hard to name them. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, I, t I tweaked two knobs. What do I name that now on this? <laughs> A couple of good ones I found, uh, They the manuals had presets mm -hmm. to like start off with, and those had names, so I just did those. I'm like, okay, that's a good starting point for something. Yeah. There we go. And I got a name, and that's it. That's There we go. That's right. that one. Yeah, because I think that's it's good. Like, now that we're uh, getting to be a large sound team mm -hmm. here at Clay. We're yeah, now, which is wild. We're now up to six people. Holy smokes. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and we're all working on different games and stuff, mm -hmm. and some of us are working together, and some are not, and mm -hmm. we help each other, and, you know, it's, it's I really like it all. Um, but we all like to work in different ways. And we have definitely not dictated any one way to do anything. Right. There's different people on different DAWs. And, you know, everybody works differently. Uh, so, like, me and Danny wanted to run stuff through external processing. Mm -hmm. So we have setups to do that. Other people don't. They're not interested in that. But I'm like, but I can share what I've got so that other people can 
get some of the similar effects by, by right. using the arms <clears throat> instead, instead of going through all this stuff. So it's good to like keep everybody fluid and working how they want and still like make as much available to everybody. Yeah, we're, we we're working towards something similar. We've got a server set up, yep. NAS. I'm actually the one furthest behind now <laughs> on actually getting my workflows integrated with it. Yeah. But it's pretty cool. Dropbox jacked their prices up like forty yeah. percent this year for the professional package. It yeah, went from thousand bucks a year to fourteen hundred, I think. Yeah, so it was a lot. Yeah, and I was like, mm, that's too much <laughs> because if we can buy two NAS, yeah, we can get an NAS and a redundancy for, yeah. for that much, and it has been it's pretty cool so far actually. Yeah, because then. You can just work with your sessions on it, mm-hmm. and then your sessions are just wherever, yeah, whichever whichever computer you have it synced with, yeah. So people can, people on the team can just work at home or at work, and the session is identical, mm-hmm. which That's is dope. pretty cool. <clears throat> and we can get all our libraries centralized mm-hmm. as well. Um, but still, all the work in progress. It's just it's hard to get to those things when you're busy, yeah, and you're like busy working on games, yeah. Um, but they're also good. They're good tasks for, you know, little brain downtime. Yeah, we didn't actually come up with a topic at all. No, we're just winging it right yeah. now. Uh, so um, something else happened since the last battle. GDC happened. Right. Um, I spoke at it and had the pleasure of running CarouselCon again with some awesome help. I could not have done it solely on my own. This year, uh, this year for Carousel Con, I had curators for each day pick the speakers. Oh, good idea! Um, so I had Josie, Mays, and Carly all help me out, who are all from vastly different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly's from here in the Pacific Northwest, and Josie's from New York. out east in New York, and Mays uh, is from Australia. Yeah, cool. So they were able to pull together people that I never would have dreamed of being able to get to talk, which was awesome. Awesome. Um, so that was super fun. It was, it's super fun working with new people on, on a project and getting to to share all of that. It turned out really well. Um, How was the weather? Uh, rained on the last day. Hmm. Was good. Rained on the Friday, which actually led to one of my favorite moments of Carousel Con. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, was I, I bought a crappy umbrella and was like, all right, whoever's speaking, you know, you get the umbrella. And it, it was it started drizzling. By the end, it was actually raining. Mm-hmm. So I gave the umbrella to somebody, and it was it was one of the people that just volunteered to get up and talk. Right. Um, and they they got up to talk, and they had a coffee, and they had a book that they had notes in, and an umbrella, and they were obviously struggling with only two hands and three things to hold on to. Yeah. And one of the other people got up, grabbed the umbrella from him, and just started holding the umbrella over him. That's great. <laughs> and then she was getting rained on. <laughs> so somebody else hopped up with an umbrella to hold over them behind the guy <laughs> that they were holding the umbrella for. <laughs> and I was just like, man, this this is what this community is all about. Right. Like, nobody asked. Nobody, you know, told anybody to do They just, like, got up and helped each other out. Mm-hmm. And it was like, th- it was a beautiful moment of all of that. Cool. Um, I really enjoyed. There's a bunch of people posted pictures of it and stuff. So it was like it was really nice to like see and and the fact that like you know not everybody can project as right. well as other people and mm-hmm. to get up and talk and we had over seventy or eighty people, I think on the the sunny days. Wow, nice. 
um, more than we'd ever had before, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Uh, the fact that, you know, some people um, can't speak as loudly and project as, as other people, yet still 80 people sat and listened, intently trying to listen to somebody, mm-hmm. politely and letting them speak, even though I think some people couldn't hear anything at times. Yeah. They sat and supported the person who was up there talking regardless of, you know, what was going on, right. which was really awesome. Yeah, because like, we're not even allowed amplification, are we? No. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to get permits and stuff. And mm-hmm. Who knows what that would cost. And then, like, you know, everybody hung out in the rain and, like, <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was super awesome. Cool. I was sad to sad to miss JDC this year. Yeah, for but for obvious reasons, uh, <laughs> couldn't go. Obviously, yeah. Was you, having you made the right choice? Yeah, actively having a child two weeks prior. But yeah, I followed it on Twitter when I could, and yep. it seemed like a good time. And oh, we had uh, yeah, we have sad news actually. We lost a friend um, that who organized our yeah. For people who've been been listening to last year at JDC, yeah. Uh, we had our first ever live recording of the podcast mm-hmm. um, at GDC. We had an amazing turnout, um, and that was that was due to Kay Hansen. Yeah, fully and completely, that would not have happened if it weren't for her. Yeah, um, she unfortunately took her own life. Yeah, uh, a couple of weeks before GDC. Yeah, um, and it's a very very sad thing. She was uh, she was involved very heavily involved in games and and podcasting and. She she had a lot of stuff going on and she was an amazing person and she was she will be missed. Yeah. Yeah, we're real sad about that. Yeah. Especially yeah, the timing was almost a year to the day that we did our live podcast with her. Yeah. And it was yeah, huge bummer. Yeah. So take care of yourselves. Yeah. Reach out. Mm-hmm. Depression lies. Yeah. Don't let it win. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a thing that we has happened between we've been we've been we've been gone for a while. <laughs> yeah, there have been good things and there have been bad things. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, there's there's too much to go over. I think for just the <laughs> vast period that we have not been yeah. uh, podcasting. Um. What What's our future of our podcast looking like? You think right now? It's going to keep going. Guarantee you that. It's going to keep going. Okay. I think we're going to try some stuff out. Yeah. I'm um, getting very busy. Here's, yes. Here are my things. I, I have this child now. Um, That's a yeah. Pretty busy with that. I think I'm still able to like talk once a month. Yeah. I'm starting to feel like a little more human. Um, yes. But. On the other side of things, I feel like my day-to-day knowledge is becoming less applicable to the average sound designer, since my role has been shifting a lot to, Mm -hmm. you know, for a while now. It's been mostly composer, business owner and composer. And I'm still doing sound design. I did some last week. But but it's not my everyday thing. And um, this is indie game audio, which does include composition, of course. It certainly does. Uh, But I think... The newer, up-and-coming people will probably gather more from people that are still doing the job yep. closer to their level, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were tossing around the idea of maybe some guest hosts yeah, to we're gonna, pinch hit for me from time to time. We're going to try out some stuff. Yeah. So there might be some new voices here. And it's funny, I've, I've totally been experiencing, like, this has been gr- a growing trend yeah. of, of myself. Uh, it's, it's like the, the older I get, the less 
I want to talk as being an expert about anything. Yeah. Like it just true. keeps decreasing. Like it's like I used to be like, right, this is this is the way you do it. Like line in the sand, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like, Ugh, I don't I don't want to commit. I want to hear what other people have to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to commit to being the voice on that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting how how stuff changes and how. I mean, man, I'll bet you I could go back and listen to stuff that we said in the first year of this podcast. And, and there will just, be some head shaking. Just disagree with myself. Yeah. <laughs> entirely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I've, I've never been more of a know-it-all than when I first graduated school. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we're going to try some stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and, I, and I'm also bowing out of the Vancouver Sound Designers leadership role for similar same reasons. Yeah. I'm just, for that, I'm... I'm still pretty motivated for the podcast, but for that, for some reason, my motivation is just yeah. gone. I, th- I just not that I don't think it's important, not that I don't like doing it. It's just it's just bottom priority right now. Um, yeah, and I did it for a long time, and <laughs> I think someone else, <laughs> I think that needs new voices as well. So Luca is going to take over. Yeah, um, Luca, who just moved up to Vancouver and is out yeah. working at Clay um, from Blizzard, so that's amazing. Um, I think yeah, I think there's and, a- and hopefully and Rachel. Mm-hmm. from my team is going to take over. Yeah, cool. Uh, I definitely, I think there's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm always one to be like, oh, there's at some point I'm going to nuke the Slack channel because I just think it's done. It's, right. You know, and it's just, yeah, there's times when you're like, yeah, my involvement in thing X is done. It's run yes. its course. Yeah, uh, Facebook. I, yeah. I see it. <laughs> Done. Uh, and I, I think there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's good. I think that's mm-hmm. healthy to, like... Like you're saying, it's... I feel... I don't feel the need to, like, blood hang on good, to it. I don't yeah. feel like I'm... Like, this... this posi- I've, I've never held it as, like, a position of power or something. Mm-hmm. I was just organizing <laughs> it because no one else was. Yeah. Um, and I think we were just doing this podcast because we felt like it and yeah. because no one else was. Well, no one else could do our podcast. That's a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, like, I've been dialing back... You know, mm-hmm. like when I got sick, I did just stopped everything, obviously, because yeah. I couldn't do anything. And I then, you know, ramped back up. And uh, but I've still started dialing stuff back. Mm-hmm. I, I I stopped co-hosting Real Talk with Kevin mm-hmm. just because I was like, you know what? I, I enjoy doing this and it's fun, but I've got still just got too much stuff on the go. Yeah. I need to do less things for my mental health. Yeah. I wanted to have a hobby. <laughs> so I got a hobby. Yeah. And and that's been nice. That's awesome. Yeah. What's your hobby? What do you do? 80s cars. 80s cars. <laughs> I'm going to car meetups. Yeah. I don't have any like car friends yet. My only car friend is Matt Ryan, who's also a, a sound designer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to make some car friends, <laughs> goddammit. Um, yeah, I took Ada to a car meetup of, yeah. like probably a, almost a month ago now, and, and hopefully another one on Sunday. Awesome. Just go look at some cool cars and yep. all the ones that I can't buy. What was really funny is the last one I went to, my car was worth literally a hundredth of the car <laughs> part next to me. Yeah. The car part next to me was like a Porsche G3, GT3. Yeah. Something, something. Yeah. And it's like a quarter million dollar car. Yeah. And then I pull up with the Pulsar that I got for 2600 bucks. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, that's, <clears throat> that's, why, that's why I go. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's been my hobby. Completely unrelated to work. Nothing to it's do good. with it. Uh, totally out of, totally weird for me as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I think it's. I was. I was talking about this. Uh, I think at GDC with somebody mm-hmm. that like as 
as sound people, more often than not, we are, are obsessed with sound. Yes. And be it sound design, be it music, whatever. Like we like we love all of this audio stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think you can you you know. It's the only way that you make it almost. Yeah. Is if you've no, got it's this, true. It's how this I made driving it. passion. Yeah, I I made it by doing nothing but. Yeah. For um six years. So like you know I, I do sound design all day and then I go home. And I take up my hobby of making weird music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like, I'm recording my own libraries. And it's just like, okay, everything is around, based around this one thing. You're not actually taking a break. Mm-hmm. It's not like you work all day and then you take a break and go to your, your other hobby. It's like, no, your hobby is your job. So it's, you're not really, you're like, it's this weird kind of yourself crunching. Yeah. They're different projects. And yeah. there are different people telling you, you know, you're telling yourself to do it. But it's kind of like you actually have worked on audio for 12 hours a day. Yeah. You know, I think it's really good to have hobby. Might be exhausting you more than you think. Yeah. I, and it's going to, it's potentially going to lead you to burning out mm-hmm. without you realizing. Because you're thinking, well, I'm not crunching at work and I'm not, you know, doing, I'm doing my, my hobby. Yeah. And it's like, but it's all kind of the same. So I think it's really good to have non-audio hobbies. Yeah. You know, like, so that you actually get a and, break. And I think non-audio, non-career oriented whatsoever. Yeah. That's what I'm liking about mine. Yeah. Like, this car thing, I can't make money off of it. <laughs> it's just pure nerdery. Yeah. It's pure go-nowhere, dead-end nerdery yeah. just for the fun of it. Yeah. And I haven't done something like that since, like, university. Mm-hmm. So it's been awesome. a long, long time. Yeah. Everything awesome. else has been career-driven. Uh, and, yeah, it's been fun. And cool. finding some folks in the game audio <laughs> industry, of course, to talk about this bullshit with. Yeah. Jay. Shout out to Jay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yourself, of course, though. You're more of a nice car person. Yeah, I have, like, my, like, 90s cars and 80s cars are very specific. Yeah. Corrado. Yes. They're awesome. GTIs. Yeah. Man, I would love to have a Corrado again. Mm-hmm. But there was what one for money. sale. What a money bit. <laughs> I, every once in a while I go and look and all I see is the G60s, which is the like supercharger that'll blow up. Oh. I know that because I have a blown up supercharger on my floor at home. I still <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> and so they're just like, they're a grenade waiting to happen. So right. it's, it's like, I know the problems. So I'd, I'd want to get a, a VR6. And I'm like, man, I just, I just never see those. And even those, like, mm-hmm. just maintaining no, a car like rare. that is like... Super rare. Expensive. Yeah. Anyways, this isn't a car podcast. We're stopping talking Yet. about cars. We're not changing into a car podcast. <laughs> Beards, cars, and indie game audio. <laughs> Probably talk about cars a lot more than we talk about cats. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Um, anyways, we got a buttload of questions. Yeah. So let's hit them up. the questions. And very good ones, I think. There were there were a bunch. Like Sometimes we get questions and I'm like, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. Which is definitely different from when we first started this podcast. And I'm sure, I think we both felt pressure to have the answer to everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of these ones I felt I had clear answers to, so I hope we can be helpful. Cool. All right. Here we go. Isabella asks, what are your favorite books? Top three. And or Desert Island Selections, no more than five. Uh, okay. This probably These probably aren't my favorite books, but top of my head. Yeah. Uh, I really liked White Tiger. I'm reading another book by that author um there's a book called uh, a day no pigs would die i remember i read that you know once every 15 years yeah. from a different perspective in life and it seems to have different meaning each time which i really like yeah um 
I remember really liking a short history of nearly everything by Bill Bryson. Mm-hmm. So those are the top three that come to my head. If I thought longer, I would come up with different answers. I'm not very good at lists. Yeah. Or, pri- or prioritizing at lists at all. I'm, ter- um, I'm absolutely terrible at it. I Favorites am, are not my thing. I'm feeling completely unprepared and can see the books on my bookshelf that I would name. Yeah. But I can't remember what they're called. Because they're all porn. <laughs> uh, but they're sci-fi stuff. I, I, yeah. I've always loved William Gibson stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I like... H.G. Wells, I named my company after it, so I really yep. like. There's there's a lot of books that um, I like. For for nonfiction books, the the Sound of Star Wars book that came with the little oh, like yeah. thing you could listen to that oh. is amazing. Um, you can just get lost in that book for days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So yeah, don't hold those as my three favorite, but those are three books I like <laughs> <laughs> that I thought of right now. All right, L- Lord Thayer. I'm just getting into actual field recording for Source. My question is, do you think the built-in mics of, say, a Zoom H6 are good enough for commercial products, or should you really invest in a portable mic to go with it? They're absolutely good enough. Totally. Depending on what you're doing. But you can... I've, I've, we use H6 recordings all the time. Yeah. Um, those mics are amazing. I think that... Uh, I'm not sure what you mean by commercial products in the good enough for using in a commercial game or using in a commercial sound effects library. Mm-hmm. I still think yes for both. Yeah. I, I, I have sounds in games from a, an original H4, mm-hmm. which was like the junkiest, noisiest sounding recorder yeah. you could get. Like the H6 is a million times better than that. And so like I've used that for stuff like. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, don't worry about it. Just I've, I've, I've had mics with me and then still opted to use the onboard mics on the H6 before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're totally, you're good to go. Yeah. Do it. Christoph, what's the best way to showcase implementation done through code in a showreel? Hmm. Um, I feel like that is something that is better catered specifically to the job you're applying to, applying for. You know, like people aren't, like you just put it, do a video of yourself coding and talking about what you're doing. It doesn't have to be snazzy. It doesn't have to be like pretty. Yeah. Um, and then just send that to the person that you're applying to, I think. Yeah. You want to sh- um, show them that you know what you're doing, what you're talking about. Oh, I did have a specific answer to this question, actually, yeah. though. Nicholas on our team, so I have direct experience mm-hmm. with hiring somebody due to them doing a good video on it. Yeah. Nicholas on our team did a great video um, on how he coded an obstruction system into a game he was working on. Cool. And all it, all it was is... He did definitely put some work into it, yeah. but he showcased the theory behind it, how he implemented it through code, and mm-hmm. I didn't know, I didn't know, <laughs> I don't know how to code. Um, so I was just like, cool, that looks like code, Yeah. and then showed, showed it working in-game. So yeah. I think showing that you can think about stuff, that you can do the work, and that your work actually functions, uh, if you can get that into a tight little package, then that's yeah. probably a pretty smart way to do it. Um, yeah, I think a video with narration yeah. Like, like showing the the thing in, in its working state mm-hmm. and then you describing how you made it do the thing. Yeah. And it, it's, it can be a longer video. Yeah. Like I feel like that's the kind of thing that is really hard to put in like a one minute showreel. But all you do is, if anything, you put a clip of it in there that makes somebody want to go watch the five minute explanation. Because yeah. that's what it's going to take. And I think it's important to stay like results 
oriented game development is very results driven. Yeah. Show show what you did. Yeah. Then show how you did it. Yeah. Then show what you did again at the end. Yeah. Little book yeah, I think ends. that's a that's a good good way to do it. A little sandwich. Mm-hmm. All right, Richard Sims. What's the best sound effect you can make with your mouth? I know yours probably. Um, Half of "Don't Starve." Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everyone can do this one. I might. It'll either be better or worse. Okay. For me. Yeah. Because I was. I, I just rode my bike for the first time in November, and I'm in terrible shape, <laughs> and my lungs are still burning. Um, the inward screen. Anyone can do that. Yeah, great for cool. horror. Great for creatures. Um, inward stuff is fun. Like yeah, inward yeah. stuff is weird. Like if you had any weird voice stuff, yeah. trying to do anything while breathing in, yeah, adds this weird element to it that like is cool. Did you watch the movie Us? No. It's got some inward. Yeah, yeah. Performances in it that are real cool. Cool. I That's think a good tip. Inward. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Mine is like creature stuff. Yeah, um, well, I'm probably best known. I for say, like, anytime you don't have the sound in your library, just try doing it with your mouth. It's not about the best sound you can do with your mouth, but uh, yeah. just try it anyways. You never know. Yeah, and a lot of times I'll, <clears throat> I'll I'll totally do stuff with my mouth, trying to do one thing, mm-hmm. and you end up with something very different that is like, oh, wait a minute, that's really cool. Still okay. Yeah, you know, like that's a really interesting thing. I, I wouldn't have thought like that wasn't my intent, but that's mm-hmm. cool. So you never know what you're gonna come up with just when you stick mic in front of you. Yeah. All right, uh, Jeff McMillan. When you find out that a developer needs audio for their game, how you do you reduce, if not eliminate, your chances of getting rejected after submitting a bid containing your quotes? I'll just say I have no idea. I've been in house for eight years now. There's no, um, there's no formula for this. They're they're either going to think that what your work is worth the money you're charging, or they won't. Yeah, and. Um, you just have to throw your fortune to the gods, yeah, and wait for that. Wait for them to respond. I think be polite, be confident, um, provide evidence that your quote is worth it if yeah. necessary. Um, I this is where I really fall back hard on my spreadsheets. Is right. I like I like having something mathy to look back on and to be like, and this is why. Yeah, you know. So there's a million different ways to budget your projects. I like to th- I like things to be budgeted as granularly as possible f- to figure out what the minimum is. Mm-hmm. And I like that to be a transparent process, but not everybody's like that. And I know people that make a lot more money than me that keep it quite opaque and just yeah and just throw a number out. Yeah. So uh, it's all about so you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. And the people yeah. that can af- the people that can't afford you, you don't want to work with anyway. So mm-hmm. don't feel bad. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Nicholas. Hey. You're Nicholas. <laughs> uh, what's the difference between raising a baby and a kitty? Oh, God. Uh, the babies, baby. I, 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 the baby has instilled no anger in me. Nice. For the kitties, instill <laughs> all kinds of anger. All kinds of And I'm sure this will change with uh, age. But the kitty, the cats really feel like they're out to get you. Yep. Sometimes. The baby's just hungry. The... Even uh, though, even I, though they're waking up every three hours. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have a baby. Yeah. So you know, bear with me there. Um, I feel like the baby changes, and the cat doesn't. The ever. cats stay the same. This cat just stays that yeah. like, yeah, exactly the same. I've been our cats. I feel have been a bit better. Yeah. Gray cat's gotten a lot better. He's a lot nicer these days. Um, black cat's still pretty bad. Like black cat actually feels. <laughs> A bit malicious, 
Like he just, or just, he's def. This is, sounds very stupid. He's a very selfish cat. Yeah. More selfish than usual. Like it's all about black cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. I I feel that Brissa may have started spite barfing. Okay. Like that. Yeah. That's her way to try to get something. Is mm-hmm. like I'll barf and then you'll pay attention to me. Yeah. You're like, God damn it. Black cat just likes waking us up. Yeah. For no reason, <laughs> other than like pet me. And all hours of the night, Caitlin's been sleeping like three hours a night. Yeah. And Black Cat's like, I want pets now. So, yeah. like, for the first time, she is like now being driven crazy because she's way less, like, yeah. way more patient than me with the cats. Yeah. She's, they're just cats. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Where I'm like, no, he's being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, diff- difficult in different ways. <laughs> I will say, and I think this is important to like state for future parents, that. When, like, you're about to have this child and everybody, like, a lot of people, the people that don't feel this don't say anything. Yeah. But all the, everyone's like, oh, your life will change the second you see you look into your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, everything will be different. It'll just come flooding over you. You'll cry. It'll be, it's, that, like, that didn't happen for me. And yeah. I think that's the case for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think it's important that that be known. Yeah, it's a for me. There's, it was a everywhere the, everywhere you go, there you are. Except now there's a baby, <laughs> and so the hard like the harsh way to put it is like no, I didn't like love her un- mm-hmm. uncontrollably the first time I I saw her, uh, but you can feel it growing. Yeah, like and there's, that love I for sure. That, I think, but I had so many friends that were like, oh, it's mm-hmm. just like you're just it's like having the biggest crush you've ever had in your life and it's, it changes immediately like yeah. that doesn't happen for everyone and you and don't feel crazy yeah it, I think that's the doesn't. big thing you're getting at of like that's there's a lot of expectation that people put on anybody having new parents job. yeah and and it's gonna be different for everybody and there's nothing wrong with that yeah until I actually like did some reading I was like yeah. am I a psychopath right you know yeah but no it's normal yeah it, and yeah especially for the father usually or whoever whoever's not giving the birth to the child is yeah probably more susceptible to that but yeah, yeah. but then there's BPD as well uh-huh. which a lot of women suffer so yeah it's crazy yeah so much crazy stuff uh Elena what are each of your top three plugins I mean they're not exciting but on every single track is Pro Q2 come on Pro Q3 get with it man <laughs> there wasn't a whole lot of things that jumped oh, out at me it's I I love the brick wall filter on oh, okay. Pro Q3. Oh, it's straight love down. It. It's just, yeah. Hard. Okay, that would be nice. Uh, that, that, and <clears throat> I've been getting into the dynamic EQ part. Okay. So I actually, Pro Q3. I'm, okay, I'm a maybe I'll upgrade. Yeah. Anyways, they're all fab filter. No, they're not. Every track gets, and this is, I guess, for, for music, but uh, every track, Pro Q, pick a number. Yeah. Uh, Saturn, which I don't actually use on every track like but mm-hmm. it's there just in case I need it yeah and Valhalla does Valhalla Vintage Verb gets used on almost everything I do right. for music very interestingly yeah my three would be Procure 3 mm-hmm. Decapitator yeah so another distortion yeah same as you yeah and Fog Convolver uh, I, that's also reverb. on every track I mean like every one of my track has seven yeah I have a default chain it's, that is Procure yeah so those are probably Pro-Q, my three. Pro-Q, Pro-C, yeah. Fog, Valhalla, Saturn, and then a limiter at the end. Mm-hmm. Always turn out. And I think there's... I also have Pro-R on there, but yeah. I don't really use it. I never use Pro-R. Yeah. I've got it. I use other reverbs. Valhalla is just so simple, and it sounds so good right, yeah. out, right away. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. Ross said, have either of you dealt with redundancy slash layoffs and surviving it? How do you prepare knowing it's a possibility now? Super important question, I yeah. think. Um, I, I was laid off slash fired from EA. Mm-hmm. I don't quite honestly know. <laughs> Uh, but I got a severance package, so yeah. okay. Uh, so I guess laid off. Right. <laughs> Didn't Hothead lay you off before you even had a job? Uh, no, I worked for two weeks. Right. And then got laid off after two weeks. Yeah. That was that was the shortest. Yeah. I've worked for somebody. Yeah. Because they just scaled back. They just hired and then scaled back immediately. Yeah. I didn't. I never understood. Yeah. Why I even started. <laughs> <laughs> ah, big companies, man. They just are so respectful of people's time. Um. I I do think it is much more uh, talked about as and common now. Mm-hmm. So, like, wh- while it's way worse that it's so common, yeah, it's also, like, well, it's better that we're aware. Uh, I think the the myth of AAA stability it's, is becoming a myth. Like, it's yeah, being yeah, recognized yeah. as a myth. Yeah, that, so, that curtain is being drawn. Yeah. Um, and I think you prepare for it the way you prepare for any financial stuff in your life you know you, you put savings away when you can and mm-hmm. I, I have some specific yep. uh, things to, just because I've never been laid off because mm-hmm. I never worked AAA I've never worked for anybody in this industry um, other than I've yourself been, been freelance and then yeah. running a company uh, but I have a, had a lot of mentors and yeah. friends who have been um, the ones and even contractors that I've worked with who have come uh, from, from AAA and the biggest hardships that they faced were the company owned all their tools. Mm-hmm. So as soon as they were laid off, they didn't have any tools. And they had no libraries. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't have any connections. Yeah. So it's really, really, those are the two most important things to keep up. Probably connections first and then yeah. tools second. So really important to stay part of the community, know people, uh, yeah. say hi, be friendly, go to conventions if you can, even if the company doesn't want to send you. I think AAA makes it really hard on people mm-hmm. um, by making them work all the time. Yeah. Uh, and by, I don't know if it's by design or if it's just uh, the way it, the cookie crumbles when you're crunching, but the only people you know are the people that work in your company because mm-hmm. um, you don't have time to talk to anybody else. Yeah. So you have to keep contacts outside of the company you're working at. Yeah. Um, so you're current what's going on. I think there are, there are a lot of great places to do that um, where you don't have to be there in person. Yep. And and buy libraries, buy plugins, own your stuff. And yeah. so that's actually something I encourage my employees to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I do tell them, listen, the company can get anything you need, Yeah. but I do recommend you keep a very good tool set in case you decide you don't want to work here anymore yeah. or something terrible happens at the company. And I, I totally still have that mindset yeah. of like, it's why I keep buying all my plugins and stuff and mm-hmm. my workplace obviously provides everything I need yeah but there's stuff that I just like to have and it, it still has that holdover of what if yeah. what if what if what if and I'd be like right if there was a what if I could work tomorrow and there's something mentally comforting knowing that I can do that yeah like that helps eliminate some of that like stress yeah but that also can be super hard yeah we don't want to spend money on stuff that work will buy for us. Yeah. Or, care. I mean, I'm I'm a hoarder pack rat. Yeah. I have, like, my backup interface has a backup interface at home. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I've got too much. Yeah. <laughs> so don't do that either. 
But like, you know, in a lot of cases, you can pick up a, a cheap portable recorder for not a lot of money mm -hmm. uh, that will also double as an interface. You know, H6 push comes to shove. H6 and H5 will both do that. I think the H1 will. I don't know about that. H, the H2, well, it won't have any mic in No, 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 it won't have any. But you can use it as a, like, an output interface hooked up right. to your computer. Yeah. So, like, even, like, a really cheap thing would double as your recorder and your interface. Yeah. So, you know. The main things you're going to be gathering at one of those studios, hopefully, are going to be the skills anyway. So yeah. As soon as you have the tools and you have, as soon as you have the tools... Then you have you have all the stuff to do the work, <laughs> but if you don't have the contacts, you have no one to do the work for. Yeah, for sure. How many more questions we got? That was it. Oh, that was our last question. Okay. Well, while there's drilling going on directly beneath our feet, uh, this might be a Man, good who time really to shut knows it down. where it is. Like they're drilling into the slab of the building. Yeah, that stuff yeah, exactly. transmits could be like anywhere. crazy. Could be anywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, that was super fun. It's super great to. Get back together. And yeah, good to see you again. The chat. Mm -hmm. um, and we will be back on some sort of schedule. Some sort of schedule. Maybe we can do monthly. We'll see. Yeah, if not, guests. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.